Welcome to the geek to geek podcast where great power and all that stuff. I'm Void and I'm here with my co-host Beige. I can do whatever a spider can. Nice. Today we're talking about Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, woo. And, and woo, you give it a little woo. Woo, woo. woo. Um <laughs> Spider-Man. Yeah, there you go. That's better. Um so if you guys don't know Spider-Man Homecoming just came out. It's the latest MCU tie-in movie and it's kind of weird because it sits in the spot where it's like a tie-in to the MCU, but it's also not... It is part of the MCU, but they said that there might be spin-offs which aren't part of the MCU because it's actually owned by Sony. And yeah, super weird. It's in this really weird middle ground with Spider-Man. But anyway, this Spider-Man is part of the MCU. Um, I did not see it. This is the first MCU movie since we started this podcast that I did not see in theaters. And life just... Life is busy. Life is really busy in the summer when you have kids and they're not in school all the time and stuff is going on. So at some point I knew that I had to stop seeing every Marvel movie just because it was a Marvel movie. And I guess this is the one that it happened with, even though I wasn't really excited for this one. Um, And it makes me, it makes me sad. This is the one that you started that trend with because it is really good. I feel like it's better that you saw guardians too. I feel like this is a much stronger movie because guardians two feels kind of forgettable in a lot of ways to me, as much as I enjoyed it looking back on it, this one I think has a lot more substance to it. So I hate it that you haven't been able to see this one and probably won't be able to for a while. Yeah. I mean, part of it is that the trailer gave so much away. Like I kind of already knew what was going to happen in this movie. Um, whereas kind like, of? the Guardians trailer gave nothing away and like the Thor right. Ragnarok trailer, there's like nothing in there for what's going to happen really. Um, so movies like that are much more interesting to me than going in and already knowing. And I mean, since I already knew the plot, like I'm not avoiding spoilers. Like I don't want to, I want right. to know what's going on with the conversation, which is why we're doing this episode. Um, I'm not a big stickler for spoilers in general. And the more I read about this one, the more I'm interested in seeing it anyway. Not that I was going to skip it. It's just that, like, I don't know. I I just, I want movies to get to the place where there's that rumored service out there that maybe they're going to have same day and date as a theatrical release that you can pay a premium and, like, watch it streaming at home. I want that oh, so that. bad. I mean, I would watch so many more movies right when they came out, and I'm willing to pay a premium for that. Like, I don't care. I just, yep. I can't get to the movie theater that often. It's hard. And I I don't know. I would rather watch it at home most of the time. Unless it's Star Wars. Like, Star Wars is an exception. Beyond that, I am perfectly happy watching every other movie that comes out forever into the future in my own home. In a lot of ways, I'm the same way. And I love the theater. I love going to the theater. And I love just, I love the experience. I love the communal watching thing. But this is a movie that I know if I had been able to watch it at home, I would have. Because I honestly didn't want to go to the theater to see it. This weekend, we were having a really, Jennifer and I had a date weekend. We were just kind of doing a staycation kind of thing where we went hiking around where we don't normally go. Just just having a wonderful weekend of doing whatever we wanted to do. And the idea of going and sitting in a movie theater sounded kind of terrible. And we just wanted to be at home and together. And if it had been available, we so would have watched it at home. But uh, probably as good as it was and as much as I loved it I probably would have waited until this coming weekend to see it if it hadn't been for us having planned out the podcast 
to be able to do that this weekend. Yeah, and I mean, there. I don't want to dwell on it too much. There's other movies out right now that I want to see, like Baby Driver. Mm-hmm. That looks great. I just there's I I can't justify it most of the time. It has to be, exactly. Like I have to really really want to see a movie in theaters to go to the length that I need to to actually make it happen. And it just it didn't. So that's what happened this time. But you tell me. Spider-Man, non-spoilers, because I know there are people who listen that don't want spoilers. Right. Um, Start out with the non-spoilers like normal. Did it feel like Spider-Man? It, yes, it felt like Spider-Man more than any of the movie adaptations have so far. And that's not saying, you know, Tobey Maguire did great. And I liked Andrew Garfield as Peter. But if you are looking for a characterization that is tried and true well, I guess if you're looking for a characterization that feels like Peter Parker from the comics, this is it. Okay. There's not a take on Peter. This just feels like teenage Peter. Like if you were to read the ultimate Spider-Man comics, this feels like that Peter. That's really cool. No, that's kind of that was my main concern. I don't even know if it was a concern, but that was what I was most interested in. Like, did they finally get the tone of Spider-Man correct? It, it was almost like you were watching a cartoon, that the way that they put everything together was very comic booky, I guess. And, and, and that's a good thing this time, that I've used that in a negative way in other, in other podcasts. But it was very comic booky because it felt like I was reading a Spider-Man comic. It didn't feel out of place. It didn't feel goofy. It never felt like they were satirizing anything or trying too hard. It was just Spider-Man. He was just doing his thing. Peter was going and doing this that as a spider-man fan this movie is what i wanted but they hadn't been able to do until now sweet that's i mean that's really good to hear so you give it what two thumbs up big recommendation yeah definitely two thumbs up i mean it is i mean one thing that i I should say is that i've heard people complaining that it was too kiddy and it is definitely aimed at a different demographic than say civil war or batman versus superman if you're into the super heavy darker comic book movies this may not be a movie that you like as much as i do but it is a slightly lighter take on the mcu kind of like ant-man was where it's fun to watch like guardians it's just fun to watch it's more about the characters you mentioned that it gave away everything in the trailer and yeah you know what the basic plot of the movie is gonna be that's okay in my mind because this isn't a narrative movie this is about the people in the movie and that is where it completely excels the casting in every way is spot on that's i mean that's good too because like some of my favorite spider-man comics were the ones that were about the characters and not really about like the plot or like the overarching you know like nemesis hero thing that was going on anyway yeah and that's going on there 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 is that kind of stuff and and it's compelling that there are things in the movie that are compelling when it comes to the villain and the nemesis and and building that relationship but but that's still the same thing it's the characters it's a relationship and it's not a a I'm robbing a bank and so I have to punch you in the face kind of kind of situation like a lot of them are like I I really thought this movie hit it out of the park in terms of the people in it. 
good. It was like Thor 2, where I don't care about Thor 2's uh, plot at all. It's kind of terrible. You've told me how that's the worst MCU movie to you. And I like it solely because it's pretty people saying funny things, and I like those pretty people. <laughs> okay. So uh, let's get into spoilers then. Tell tell me a little bit more about it. What do you like? Okay. What's spoilery? Because like I said, I'm not at all trying to avoid spoilers, and I know a bunch about it already. Well, this is, this is kind of a segue to spoilers. I love the title that I the more I I saw it and I was like Spider-Man Homecoming I wonder really why they named it that and I went through the entire movie and I realized that it was it's so well titled because it's Spider-Man coming back home to Marvel Studios from Sony that they've had that for so long that he's he's coming home back to back to the nest and then you know it's 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 also that Homecoming is a major theme in it because he's in high school and the girl he's crushing on Liz is putting together the homecoming dance and at one point this is where it's getting into spoilers at one point when he gets to the dance uh, she goes and he has this really characterized moment with the vulture and it's uh, he has to bail on her and he's been bailing on her the whole movie and it was really the homecoming dance that ruined him and kind of turned him back towards being Spider-Man and and, and letting him know how he was going to react uh, to other situations. And it was like, Homecoming's a big part of that movie in ways that I didn't expect it to be. So I was, I like the movie. I like the title of the movie, the way that they did it. Because I like, I like titles that mean something. Good. Well, and I guess I'm kind of wondering too, like the... How's the first half versus the second half? Because it felt like it gave so much of the plot away, but it was hard to tell from the trailers. Like, it was that the whole movie? Like, did I basically get it? Or is there like an extra like third act that they don't show at all? Like, how how did, was the structure of it? It was structured exactly like you think it's going to be. Okay. It, but it was. I mean, it is the Vulture versus Spider Man. It is the him learning to be Spider Man with this new suit. And there's the subplot of, am I ever going to be an Avenger? And he's trying everything that he can do to impress Tony Stark and Happy. I can't remember his last name. Um, so that he can become an Avenger, he can be this big-time superhero and not just the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. And that is the movie, don't get me wrong. He fights the Vulture, there's all of this. There is the shiny alien technology MacGuffin that they're, that they're searching for. There is a glowing purple thing that he has to chase down at one point. Of course. It is, it is a Marvel movie in that respect. But a lot of the scenes that you see in the trailer happen in the first quarter of the movie. That you see that in all of the stuff that you saw is very early on okay. and a lot of it is kind of out of context so that when you see it in the movie it's like oh that's still really funny that I giggled at things that I didn't expect uh, even though I'd seen them because of the context that they were put in. So I really liked it. Like I said, it's a character movie. It's about watching these people do this. It's about watching Peter learn that he's a legitimately good person and that all he wants to do is help people. And that's what it's about. It's not about the fact that the vulture is trying to sell alien arms to people. It's not that at all. Oh, okay. It's 
It's, I mean, that's happening. Don't get me wrong, but it's that's happening in the background while while you're watching Peter be a good person, try to be a good person. And I guess I'm wondering, like, how do you feel about this Peter Parker? Because I know that you are more partial, and you've told me many times you're much more of a fan of like adult Peter. He is as great of a Peter Parker as a teenager as we can possibly get. I think he is. He is exactly what you saw in Civil War. If you liked that, then great. You're going to love Homecoming. If you didn't like Civil War, the the portrayal of Spider-Man in Civil War, probably not going to like this because it's more of the same, which I thought was great. You see him... At the beginning of the movie, it starts with a video diary of him recording on his iPhone everything that led up to him going and stealing Captain America's shield. That you see him getting called, you see him going to Germany, you see him putting the phone down to record uh, him stealing the shield when he <laughs> gets called under rouge. You see all that from just shaky camera, camera phone footage. It was really well handled to lead into this, and it just trans because of that it transitioned in tone effortlessly so it is that same keel as as the civil war spider-man well and like don't you think that they're probably setting up like this with a younger actor so that we can get to adult peter parker in it like an organic way over the next couple years anyway i mean i can't see how that's not their plan that was one of the things jennifer and i were talking about when we came out it's like we looked up how old tom holland was and he's 21 right now and he's playing a 15 year old and he looks like a 15 year old and you know speaking of that all the kids in high school were high school kids for the most part except for his crush Liz who is 27 years old but you kind of totally buy as like this 18-ish 19-ish year old girl the way they've got her made up it's like everybody was a small 14 year old I mean they they had that they weren't just you know 23 year old bulked up high school kids (laughs) they were uh they did a really good job on that as well but yeah I think they're definitely going to be having tom holland lead if lead the mcu or at least have the mcu follow him along like that's what they said was gonna happen too they they've heavily implied that after infinity war part two which they still don't have an official name for that one but like all of the major contracts are up for like right um for like tony stark and for captain america and for like Thor and a couple of the mm-hmm. other major players. And it sounds like there's going to be a huge shakeup in the MCU and they'll finally kind of be able to break out of the mold of everything they've done up till now. And yes. the talk is that they want Spider-Man to be the focus um, like driving it forward after that. So whether that means he's the leader of the Avengers or maybe he's just kind of like what Captain America was up till now, where they keep going back to Captain America movies that tie right. more and more things together. But yeah, I mean, it definitely sounds like despite it being Sony and now also Marvel and it's this weird collaboration, like they want it to be the core going forward after Infinity War Part 2, the second one. And I think that's a good idea. I think that's a good thing because you always need somebody to play certain kind of archetypal roles within the narrative structure that you're telling. And, you know, Captain America is the heart. He is the conscience. He is the not necessarily the straight man because he, he he's the he's the line in the sand. And they've set Peter Parker in this. They've set Spider-Man up to be that same 
role in the MCU that if Peter's not going to do it, then maybe you're making the wrong decision. That's the the kind of the way that they set it up in uh, Civil War with, with Captain America. And that's what they're doing with this, too. Because, I mean, you see in the trailer that uh, that they're taking off the training wheels protocol, right? You see that, uh, that he's like, oh, there's all these subsystems in here, and it's hampered by the training wheels protocol. And, and so they remove it. And when you get out there, what's interesting about it is that it's so overwhelming that there's so many things it's basically an iron man suit and there's so many things that it's like would you like to enter uh what was it would you like to enter advanced combat mode and he's like yeah let's do this and his eyes narrow down solid black with just red dots and it just says instant kill mode initiated he's like no 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 instant kills and that happens about three times where he his his siri basically takes what he's saying uh while he's all, while he's got these protocols disabled, uh, and it's like, okay, let's kill them. He's like, no, we're not going to kill them. No instant kill. <laughs> and it, it's just like, it, it's taking the idea that in Civil War, because these superheroes, they kill a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, th- there's a lot of collateral damage. They kill almost wantonly, and Spider-Man is, makes a point, like, no, there's no killing. And you see him fight on the on the boat that you see him holding together in the trailers that you see him go after the bad guys he he makes sure that they're not hurt he checks to make sure they're not dead as like sorry i hit you you know you're going to be fine after this and things like that it's setting him up to be what captain america is right now well and like i know just because like i've been reading and watching what's going on with it like i said not avoiding spoilers um i know that like miles morales is heavily implied to be in this universe based on an encounter that there is in the movie so it seems like they can take spider-man make him a leader and kind of push him more into that role and then still have like an upcoming spider person you know and what's super weird to me is that everybody has said he's heavily implied but there was one line and i didn't know about it that i missed it because he meets up with the prowler he meets up with i think it's aaron davis is his name i believe and uh when it shows his like file, it says Prowler down in the right corner of it. I'm like, cool, the Prowler, you know, one of Spider-Man's uh, people. I love him when they're friends. And because uh, he's kind of, uh, you know, on again, off again, bad guy, kind of like Felicia Hardy and the Black Cat, all that. And um, it mentioned at one point when he was talking with Peter that he was like, you, and he said something about being from Queens. He was like, yeah, I got a nephew who lives in that neighborhood, who lives around there. And it was just, and apparently Miles Morales is the Prowler's nephew. And that's the nod to him, where you know that he's in the MCU, but it never really says, that, oh, there's another guy with spider powers. Who's going to come around? It, it's not anywhere near that blatant. Well, it sounded like there were a lot of Easter eggs, though, in general, right? Mm-hmm. Like Spider-Man stuff? There was, and I probably missed a bunch of them, where just initially there was a guy who, I really loved it, where there was a dude wearing a yellow quilted hoodie and i'm like cool that's the shocker's outfit and then he punches somebody with an electric fist is like and uh i was like cool electric he's the shocker and then later it said he was the shocker and then somebody else became the shocker and then started wearing that same uniform it was really funny for me on that one um they mentioned just matt gargan in passing and i was like that's the scorpion so he's gonna be in this and then the after credit scene showed him with a showed him with a scorpion tattoo when it got closer up on him where he's going to be a villain in the next one i would bet because he already has a scorpion tattoo so that was going on if you know what's going on um 
the really snarky girl in the trailers, the one who was like, where it was like, if we don't stop staring, it's going to get weird. And she's like, too late. Her, um, her name is Michelle. And at the very end, she was like, oh, my friends call me MJ. So it's not Mary Jane, but there is an MJ in oh, it. Oh, that's cool. I like that. And so I like that they're changing that. That's also probably going to draw a lot of nerd rage. Oh, I'm because sure. All that, from the same you people. do things like that, it always does. But whatever. It's oh. get, get over it. It's a, it's a different universe. Just deal with it. That's also the same thing when they called Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character in The Dark Knight Rises Robin at the end. People were losing their minds. Like, that's not Robin! And I'm like, well, apparently it is. Uh, where this is MJ now. And that's cool with me. And then there was one point where he was running away from a party. And this isn't even a Spider-Man uh, uh, Easter egg. He was running away from a party, and it showed him going th- running through a residential neighborhood, kind of like in a cartoon where you're jumping over fences, you know, running under uh, clotheslines, that kind of thing. And he swung into a pool, and they or by a house, I can't remember exactly, but they were watching Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That was at the point where he was running through people's backyards doing that, and it had Spider Man. I was like, hey, that's a good movie, and just keep going where it it kind of hung a lantern on that they were they were trying to do that that teen movie kind of thing yeah but i mean again that's cool that they're getting into other genres like they're doing teen movie now just like yeah you know we talked about they're branching out with star wars too you know like we got our war movie i mean they're doing the same thing with the mcu which i like i like that about it and i think that this is a wonderful thing and it even has just that feel of yeah it feels like a teen movie but it's it also feels like there's more depth to it than a lot of, you know, than Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Because, I mean, I don't really, it's not my favorite movie in the world. It's more than a one-off on this one, I feel like. Yeah. And then what about, like, I know just from talking to you that you you had thoughts about, like, his suit, you know, like the Stark version versus when they take it away. I like his his suit. I like his Spider-Man suit. Don't get me wrong. But when they took it away, you see it in the trailer that, it, that they take away his spider suit. I thought he opened up as a character more because it let the studio take away special effects. It let the story rely on the person who was in the suit. Uh, really, it was the if you don't if you're uh, you know, you're not Spider-Man, you don't deserve the suit. I can't remember how he put it, but it was the truth because you got to see Peter doing things. You got to see him become Spider-Man at this point where one time he got crushed, like a building fell on him and he can't move like he is pinned down and it's and he can't move. And, you know, the Iron Man suit would have been able to get him out of there. And I'm like. Spider-Man can pick that up. And I know Spider-Man can pick that up. And it showed Tom Holland's character here learning how strong he is. And it just felt more like Spider-Man that way. Because the Spider-Man that I know and love was the the scrappy man on the street, the kid who makes his own stuff. Like they were showing him in Civil War taking apart VCRs, where the Spider-Man I love is in a spandex suit, not in Iron Man armor. And I got to see that. I got to see him just making do with what he had and i loved that part of the movie i thought it was a better part of the movie than really when he was swinging around in the iron man suit which was also really awesome don't get me wrong i loved that and the stuff that it was doing and with all the the special webs and and the gimmicks that it was able to do with all of that but i still loved him just in his goggles and hoodie going and doing his spider-man thing just being spider-man sweet Uh, i think we got to like most of my questions about it just through talking but what like 
coming out of that movie and like knowing what you know about the rest of the MCU and how Spider-Man fits, like we know Spider-Man will be in a bunch of the upcoming MC movies, like the right. the big ones where all the heroes are coming together and big things are going to happen and, you know, Infinity War, Infinity Gauntlet, all that kind of stuff. What are your feelings about, I guess, the inevitable Spider-Man 2? Because I'm sure they won't call it Spider-Man 2. They'll call it Spider-Man some other subtitle. But probably yeah. after Infinity War stuff, you know they're going to have another one of these. I think Tom Holland has signed on for like four standalone movies. Um, okay. Not that he'll necessarily do all of them, but you know there's no way they don't at least do number two. The, are you like right. excited oh, yeah. for that? Are you interested in it? Is there anything that you want it to be? Like, what do you think about it? I am absolutely stoked about Spider-Man 2 because there was not a single, at least that I noticed, Don't uh, at least that I noticed watching it just the one time, I didn't see a single mention of the Osbournes. That means that there's not going to be a freaking Green Goblin. I do like and that. That's good. I, I didn't. Also, also, that reminds me. Hold on. Hold. I'll, I'll come back to this. The, the The fact that there's no Green Goblin means it's not going to be retreading things like the Amazing Spider-Man movies felt like. It also opened him up to have another friend, his friend Ned, the fat kid, who was awesome, by the way. All he wants when he finds out that Peter is Spider-Man is to be the man in the chair, kind of that Oracle character in Batman yeah. who sits in the chair at a computer surrounded by screens and just wants to help out the hero. And he gets that opportunity in this. And when they turn on the lights while he's doing it, it turns out he's in the high school computer lab in the library. <laughs> and one of his teachers finds him. And he's like, what are you doing in here? And he looks like, and in order not to give Peter away, he just very close, very slowly closes out and goes, looking at porn? <laughs> and it cuts away right then. And it was like, that is what you do. That is the links that this guy will go to to get himself in trouble that much for looking at, at X-rated material on on school computers to say to keep his friend from doing this. And I think that's so much better than the relationship that uh, Harry ever had with him in any of the other movies. I just don't like Harry Osborn and I don't like the Green Goblin as much as some of his other villains. So to see that they're leading up to the Sinister Six with this because you've got uh, got the Scorpion, you've got Shocker and they're they're the Vulture. They're leading in to having real Spider-Man villains here instead of just the same one or two over and over again. That's really good. So you're looking forward to it. I'm definitely looking forward to it and also that what i remembered a minute ago is they did not one time not once never mention uncle ben didn't say his name didn't show him dying never said power and responsibility they kind of the only inference that you would get is they mentioned that your aunt's been through a lot that's it that is all. I like that. I was so happy. That makes me really no, happy. Uncle Ben didn't die. I was I was so glad that I have no idea what happened to the MCU's Uncle Ben. Well, that's better. I like that. Like, we don't need to get that again. I, we know, don't. You know how I feel about origin stories. Like, whatever. Just skip them and get to the next thing because it's more interesting. Speaking of getting to the next thing, it's more interesting. Um, That's actually, it is an origin story. It's the Vulture's origin story. Oh, interesting. You, you see from the beginning, in the first, right after it cuts away from the video diary, you see the immediate aftermath of the Avengers. You see the Chitauri stuff in New York, and you see the cleanup crews. And Michael Keaton's character is, you know, Adrian Toomes, he is the head of construction, uh, a construction firm that has gotten the contract and the bid for cleaning up a lot of the stuff around Stark Tower. And immediately, 
apparently the after they're doing this, he's talking about what a great gig this is for nobody to mess it up for him. The government comes in, you know, Tony Stark has has set up this cleanup division or something that it's called, and basically he gets fired and loses everything. That he's bought trucks, he has gone all in on cleaning this up. It would have made his life doing this, and it got pulled away from him. But they still had a truckload of stuff that they have of, of alien stuff that they had brought back to their you know their offices to to haul away the day before and instead of taking it and turning it in like they're supposed to they he had basically took it and became an arms dealer he had a tech guy who was starting to make stuff who was playing around with it as they had it and made his vulture suit out of some of the technology that they were able to glean off of it and then fashioned it into different kind of weapons like the ones that you see them robbing the bank with that w- that came from the vulture being an arms dealer who was taking this stuff and and moving it you know turning it into basically handheld weapons and so you see him doing this but that sounds very very stereotypical that that's that's normal comic book villain stuff and but he mentions at one point that he has a family that he that this would ruin his family and the reason i think they did a great job is because michael keaton you know he's everybody's dad at this point you look at him and it's like you were batman you're 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 the dad from multiplicity you have always been my movie dad michael keaton and it's not just because my last name is keaton either it's spelled differently and it's it's like Michael Keaton has this this kind of feeling about him that he's he's just somebody who will take care of you and his entire the entire motivation of of Michael of the vulture in this movie is taking care of his family and so you see later on like what really bought us into this movie what really made us buy in was when Peter went to when Peter went to the uh, homecoming dance he was taking this girl Liz and he um, it turns out that that the vulture is her dad he opens the door and it's it's the vulture and that is where the tension just comes and flies in and it's like oh my god and yeah, it could be seen as a stereotypical move to have the vulture be, you know, the love, the 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 the, the love interest dad, but it felt natural. It really made us go, "Oh, I didn't see that coming," because it wasn't that kind of movie generally. And it's like, oh, we mentioned his family. You know, they're really well off. And it's like, well, of course they're well off. Her dad's an arms dealer selling selling alien technology, and you see Peter recognize him, but he doesn't recognize Peter. Then as they're in the back of the car going to homecoming as he's driving his daughter to to like this dance, he hears Peter's voice and recognizes him as this little smarmy spider dude who has been giving him trouble lately. And when Peter's going into the dance... Uh, when his daughter goes into the dance, when Liz goes in, he comes around and that's where you see that moment in the trailer where he's like, I will kill you and your family that, that moment. And it means so much more in context because you see not that he's just threatening Spider-Man. He is threatening Peter Parker that he found out that he's Spider-Man. He is going to threaten him and he will absolutely follow through because you've seen him follow through on that earlier in the movie. And it's not just a, I'll kill everybody, you know, kind of thing when you're fighting somebody on top of an airplane, it's, He's in a tuxedo in the back of a car taking this girl to homecoming and 
his new villain has a gun pointed at him saying, if you don't let me do my thing and let me protect my family and provide for them, I'm going to kill you and your entire family. And it's, it, it, it works. It, it sounds it's, really good. Like, I, I want to see this movie. I'm going to see it as soon as, like, it comes out in somewhere that's not in theaters, basically. Unless I can sneak off to a theater, which I might. But I hope you can, because uh, because uh, even though you don't like origin stories, and this is a vulture origin story, like I said, the post-credit scene, the, 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 the main one right after the, the pretty credits, is the vulture in prison. He, get, he gets arrested, he gets taken in, yada, 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 you know that's going to happen. And Max Gargan, the scorpion, comes up to him and is like, yo, there's a rumor that you know who Spider-Man is, and... He just kind of looks at the scorpion and goes, if I knew, do you think that if I knew who Spider-Man was, that he would still be alive right now? And it's like, this guy may not be a total villain. It's like that Magneto thing where there's the Magneto and uh, Professor Xavier friendship and respect there. It's like, this guy knows who Spider-Man is, won't give him up. And yeah, it could be just revenge, but it's like he saved the scorpion he saved the vulture's life twice in this movie and he saved his daughter's life at one point he saved liz's life while she was at an academic decathlon uh uh meet in washington dc during the movie and so the vulture has this sense of respect and honor that's like this guy saved my family like i'm trying to do i'm not going to kill him and rat him out and even though i just i just wanted to sell my arms that's all i want to do was sell these guns and it made for a way more interesting villain than I expected. And I hope that Michael Keaton is contracted for more. I hope he is in the second one and they put together at least a team to fight Spider-Man of the Sinister Six, whether it's, you know, three of them or whatever, because we already have three villains established in this one, just as four, because there's uh, the Prowler. So, and you see a white haired girl that might be Felicia Hardy, just a long silver haired girl at high school. Oh, Cool. Any parting thoughts for Spider-Man? Um, that I want you to see it. I will. I'll get to uh, it. I, I, I do really want you to see this because it's very good. That I didn't text you the day of that it was so good because Jennifer and I were having date day. And that is the only reason is because I was avoiding my phone. But it is amazing. Huh? 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 Spider-Man? Spider-Man get amazing? It's, it's, it's super good. And like I said, uh, the only, the, the only thing I didn't like was, you know, it, it's not adult Peter. I love adult Peter. There are moments when I know that this is an origin story because in two movies from now, when the vulture said all of that to Peter, Instead of being scared and cowering in the back of a car, he would have said something really snarky and thwipped Webb at him. And it would have been more confident. And I look forward to that confident Peter that we see parts of in this. You see him learning to be that. And I like that. I just love the other one more. So, I mean, that's like saying, you know, I'm eating this delicious ice cream cone and, you know... The only bad thing is that it ends. It's 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 just such a good movie. They did such a good job on this one. Yeah, there will be more. It, it, there will be more. Yeah, there will be more <laughs> for sure. Cool. Um, let's dive into the geeky offer of the week. This week we have Audible, and I'm going to recommend 
book I haven't in a while called The Hobbit. Some of you may have heard of this. And I might have heard yeah, of that. Really. Has it been, is it new? No. But um, <laughs> actually, I listened to it recently because I've been listening to a podcast series that they used to be called Story Wonk, and now it's Point North Media. You can Google them. And right. I always forget the name of this podcast, the actual podcast, because the guy who does it, Alistair Stevens, does so many podcasts, and he does a different one for like every narrative universe that he touches or like every series that he covers. So he has Story and Star Wars is one that's really good. But okay. And he has like a Harry Potter one. He has a bunch of them. Um, but he has one for The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, and he... It was reading. It was basically like a book club of The Hobbit, and now he's partway into Fellowship of the Ring, and he's going to do all of the Lord of the Rings. So it's really good. It might be called There and Back Again. Now that I think about it, it's something like that. Um, but The Hobbit is. I don't know. I don't love reading The Hobbit, and I hadn't in a while. So Audible was just a good format to kind of like take yeah. the story in again. Um, you know, it's. I talk about some of the recommendations I do are like transformative performances. I can't really say that about the hobbit but i do think it's a better way for this particular story than to read it just because i i don't know i have trouble getting through tolkien's writing just his style never really clicks with me so this is a good way for me to like revisit the hobbit and i might do the same thing for lord of the rings because i'm still listening to that weekly podcast um but for now the hobbit or if you guys want to get any other book you can get one book on us and help out the podcast at the same time go to audibletrial.com slash geek to geek cast and with that it's time for our weekly geekery where we share what we've been geeking out about this week i know beach has been geeking out about spider-man but besides that <laughs> what else is going on uh i canceled my wow account uh-huh i i, I kind of suspected that, uh, b- because i'm playing final fantasy again we'll talk about that in a bit um i did cancel the wow account and part of the reason that i didn't keep it going through august like i had initially planned uh to see the rest of this current dungeon is because it hit more of the same territory because you know broken isles uh is the area and then the broken shore is a is a quest zone that they released and it's all gray and brown and demony too and it's the same kind of demony stuff that you've seen forever and is going into uh, the rest of the world uh, with the demon invasions and all this. And then I get into Tomb of Sarger- Sargeras and it's the same aesthetic. I'm fighting demons in a green and purple and gray building and then I go down uh, a ramp and I'm fighting Naga in a water basement, in a water cave. Yeah, it's like and you've done all that before. Time for something I've else. I've done this. Yeah. And then what What caused it, I was, I was still like, eh, I'm okay, I'm, I'm okay, I can see the rest of this out, I can see the rest of this dungeon, you know, I've, I've been having fun doing this, this is great, I'm having fun with my people. And then they released the next patch. They they put pictures up of what the the next patch from raid content was going to be, the, the Timeless Isle style uh, area, the, the kind of freeform sandbox uh quest hub that they've got and it was the exact same thing it was the home world of argus that once again looked green and gray and I, I couldn't take it anymore i was like i'm not spending that many hours looking exactly the same because this is one of my least favorite things where i know a lot of people got orc overload in warlords of draenor was like please no more orcs that's the way i feel about demons right now where i will go back to this once everything is done power through it see everything that came out again play my mage i got flying it's going to be so much better and easy and just fun to play then but i'm not slogging through the same stuff i've done over and over again right now yeah that makes sense so eh, fun i had fun while it lasted I, I don't regret spending the time in there at all it was great 
Um, still reading Mistborn 3. I uh, love it, but I read at night, so I haven't been able to uh, really power through, partly because my my reading time has been taken up with playing Final Fantasy fourteen. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, when you do when finish I stay it, up late sometimes. When you do um, finish it, just report back. That's the main thing. I will. Okay. Um, I haven't installed Portal 2 yet for the same reason. Yep. Um, yep, I suspected. Okay, what else? Yep. Um, and then, but I have in just a, a little bit of time on my phone when I'm pooping or uh, doing other things where I'm just around. I reinstalled Final Fantasy VI and have been playing it a little bit. Uh, it was fun. I'm still having a good time. I still hate the interface on Final Fantasy VI on iOS. The others look so much better. I watched part of Capsule J's Final Fantasy V four job fiesta stream and i realized just how much better the interface on on five is than six and i'm just so sad that it's this weird tab situation where things just it's ugly and it's not intuitive and i don't like it but because of that i also installed reinstalled final fantasy record keeper have you played it yeah it's not good. No. It's it's Fire Emblem Heroes no, for Final no, Fantasy it's not, it's not without even any of the depth. Yeah. It's it's just yeah, it's just collecting Final Fantasy heroes and and hitting bosses where I played it. I I'm still playing it logging in once a day a little bit, but I'm like it's turn-based battles are for that kind of game where you're collecting heroes, putting your own dream team together and going through, you know, bits of bite-sized content strategy game is so much more suited for that than turn-based battles because it's like attack 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 that's not fun no and i got sephiroth and it's like cool sephiroth and then i haven't logged on anymore today that was pretty much it but it disappoints me because i wanted it to be good and it was exactly like i remembered it being but i still got sephiroth so there's something um i also watched glow on netflix the uh, gorgeous ladies of wrestling show that has allison brie in it and uh, a few other people has mark Marin in it in it uh i said in it twice and <laughs> it has mark Marin in it in it and it's really good it is it, it it is twice three times as good as i ever expected that show to be uh because the trailer looked interesting and the first episode was pretty good when we got past that jennifer and i just binged all of it at night. I was like, you want to watch Glow? I was like, yeah, let's watch Glow. And then last night, there was a documentary on Netflix about Glow. And I'm a wrestling fan. I I watched wrestling through college with all of my friends, with WWE, uh, when it transitioned from WWF to WWE. It's like my friends when I was younger loved wrestling. Like, I've grown up. I've grown up with professional wrestling being part of my life in some way or another, whether I'm actively a fan right then or not. So I knew what Glow was. I didn't know a lot about it. And because it wasn't something that I watched when I was younger. And Jennifer hates professional wrestling. She just can't get into it. And she doesn't like watching muscled up guys like that. And it's not even, yeah, uh, she just I'm doesn't right like looking at them. Yeah, no, it's like, I don't, I, I've never gotten into wrestling ever. I think I watched it one time when I was, like 10 at a cousin's house and i was like really this is fun for you okay and that was my last interaction with it you might like glow because she doesn't like that either and she wants to go back and watch the glow wrestling 
that uh, the the women wrestling, and not because they're wrestling and not because they're women, but because it felt like a Saturday Night Live skit. It felt like watching a Halloween wrestling Saturday Night Live skit in a lot of ways, where it's just goofy, like way goofier than most professional wrestling. And the show was just oddly compelling that I really fell in and love these characters and I cannot wait for season two. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I haven't seen Castlevania yet. I know it's on there now where there you've told me to watch it. I and have. Glow took our took our uh, Castlevania time because Jennifer's like, I wonder if I would like Castlevania. So we may try it soon to be able to see uh, how it is. But I know that the majority of your week was Final Fantasy 14 because I've mm-hmm. seen you playing and I've been talking to you about it and I've also been playing. So it's when I left off last time we talked, I think I was at level 62. And um, since then, I opened up the rest of the zones. I like did all of the dungeons. I basically beat Stormblood. I beat Stormblood content um, with my bard. And then I've now done three of the four raid encounters that only got patched in last week. Like they weren't even out right when the expansion released. Right. So I'm basically at endgame now. And I'm still doing some of the raiding um, with like the free company and friends and stuff on the bard. And then I'm switching back and I'm working on leveling up like my white mage a little bit and my paladin a little bit and exploring some of the new leveling things they have like palace of the dead, which is really cool. But you've been playing too, and you're you just reached Endgame like today, right? Technically yesterday, but okay. today, yeah. Um, I was I've, I started playing. I don't think I was playing it when we recorded last, and no. so I had to power through the very end of a Realm Reborn, the first release. Well, the the main game, the entire second ex- first expansion, Heaven's Word, all of the patch content for it and Stormblood. And I'm through all of that. I hit max level yesterday, um, and I beat the end end story today and did all of the dungeons that came out, the expert roulette dungeons. I did all of those today. And so you've basically have, done everything except the endgame raid now. Yes, I've okay. not done the uh, the in-game raids that you have. Um, I started working on my bard because I got Red Mage up, and it was super fun. Leveling a DPS class was a lot better, but um, I'm having a wonderful time. And I transferred servers, and I played with you for a little bit, and with to level up, and with uh, the Belgas crew uh, on on Cactuar, and then I ended up transferring back to leviathan because when we had a cookout for the fourth of july last weekend i convinced my real life buddies who i started playing with to play again so i went back to play with them because i said that's the only way i'd go back is to play with them because that's really the main part of the game for me is that's how i spend time with people who don't live around nearby here and so i anymore at least and so i'm playing with them and it's been super fun i'm i'm really loving final fantasy 14 right now and i think you are too yeah um we're probably gonna make it the topic next week and we started doing some show notes for it to see how it would go and it looks like it might actually be like two episodes worth of talking so we'll probably break it up into some like general final fantasy thoughts and maybe heaven's word and then also follow it up with like stormblood because there's there's so much to talk about like yeah, I still think it's the best MMO on the market at the moment. I think 
I think so now, and we'll get more into that next we'll get into week, it next week when we do that. But but yeah, we've never done a full episode on it, and it's not as though we're just talking about content. We want to talk about it kind of like we dive dove into the entire series, where we want to really look at this game and what makes it so good, and why I'm very glad that I played WoW beforehand before going <laughs> into it. Yeah, so we'll get into that next week. But yes, we've both been playing that a lot, and we will probably also play a lot between now and next recording. Um, but besides that. Outside of that, that was honestly what I did with most of my time in the last week, week and a half here. Uh, there were a couple gaming news things that came out. The SNES Classic was revealed, and it's still not up for pre-order in the U.S., but, oh, my God, I, like, I want that so bad. When the NES came out, that's what I wanted. Um, like, I, I was hoping they would follow it up with this one, and now they are. So I'm definitely going to try to do that. Um, and I can't remember on. what all games were listed, but Super Mario RPG is one of them, right? Yeah. No, it's, like, basically the best of the best minus Chrono Trigger is what's yeah. being released for it. Um, and then they're also releasing Star Fox 2, which never actually came out. That's going to be on it, too. Like they're, Oh, that's cool. I hadn't read that. That's awesome. Yeah, Nintendo is legitimately releasing a Super Nintendo game in 2017. Like, you could put that one on a Game of the Year nomination list, and it would be accurate to have it there because it has never released before this year um not even in japan that's not even no. a north america thing that is a never been released period yeah no it was a game that they had finished and they were so close to releasing the n64 and like playstation was just coming out that they they put a halt like i don't know if you know about this about the SNES this history. is this is all new to me okay so they had a bunch of 3d games in development with the fx chip on yeah. the Super Nintendo, and they killed all of them. They just, they there were a bunch, huh. they were announced, they were in development in various stages of production, and Star Fox 2 was one that was done. Like, it was completely done, and they said, no, we're going to focus on the N64. We're not going to do 3D on the Super Nintendo, besides the little bit of, like, Mode 7 and, like, FX chip stuff that they had done already. Yeah. Um. So, it's been sitting there for years now, and like it's coming out like it's releasing this year on the super nintendo classic so i'm really excited for that um the other nintendo gaming news that i was excited for this week there are no game overs in mario odyssey and it's like yeah it's about time mario yeah, just get rid real. of game overs like you don't need coins to get one-ups like it's it it's outdated like yeah okay you just start over from whatever area you're in there's no need mm -hmm. to ever have a game over i thought that was cool it seems like a natural awesome. evolution of the series but it's also worth mentioning because it's a new thing as for like stuff i actually did i have been playing the four job fiesta a lot but or not a lot but i have been playing it <laughs> just because final fantasy 14 has been dominating my time um i have my third job uh the fire crystal is a ranger and i'm getting very close to the earth crystal so I don't know. After the Earth Crystal, you're kind of near the end of World 1, which is a little bit more than a third of the way through the game. And I haven't put that many hours into it, honestly. Like, if I sat down and dedicated a weekend, like, I would finish the four-job fiesta, no problem. Especially with the classes I already have, like, I know I could power through. So I'll get back to that after some of my hype dies down for 14, but... I'm I'm not there yet. How do you feel about the jobs that you got this year versus the ones that you got last year? Um, I feel like it's much easier like the monk and ranger have been really good and then i still have time mage which i i don't love 
the magic for the time mage, but it's a rod breaking class, which do you know how that works in Final Fantasy V? No, not rod breaking. I can't okay. remember that. So rod breaking is you can buy like a fire rod, a lightning rod, and a ice rod or winter rod, something like that. Um, oh, yeah. And what you can do is if you have a magic using class, so it has to be some kind of caster basically or, you know, magic wielder, yeah. um, you can equip the rod and then if you go into your inventory in the middle of a battle, it has it's one of those games where you can like switch out the equipped weapon in the middle of a battle. Yeah. Or you can go and you can select your equipped weapon and instead of attacking with it, you can do like the use action. Do you know what I mean? How some, yes. Okay. I do, yeah, I remember yeah. this. So if you do that, you can choose to use it and it like it treats it as a consumable, but it will cast yep. the highest level of that spell. So you can do like Ice Three, Fire Three, you know, like thunder gaga or whatever the final fantasy version is um and you can do that from the first time that you pick up a rod so all of the magic users are considered rod breakers in the game um and having one of those means that if i ever get stuck on something i can always go buy some more magical rods and then just bring them to the fight and break them over and over to do super high level magic whereas that is very true yeah whereas i could do that last year but i had a black mage so it made more sense to just spend time getting the black mages magic up to high levels and then i could do it consistently um so this is the first year that i've really done much rod breaking to get past things that i was stuck on but i'm i'm not honestly getting stuck that much like monk is really powerful it so it's going i don't know it's going well i still have to see what my last job is but i'm just not really worried about it like i know i can beat it with what i have already i'm just glad that uh i'm just glad that monk is better in four than it is 14 because still when i see monks i'm just like oh you're a monk yeah no i'm sure they're good but in in certain ways but i'm just like oh monks yeah it's good um and then i watched silicon valley season four i basically just resubscribed to hbo now because Ah, uh, game of thrones is coming out in a week here so i wanted my subscription up and running again for two months and then i'll cancel it again but since i had the subscription i caught up on last week tonight i caught up on silicon valley season four if you like silicon valley any of the other seasons season four is good um i think it was better than season three but it's one of those subjective things you know just kind of how season to season it goes but i don't really have anything new to say about it outside of like if you liked it you'll still like it if you didn't like it whatever skip it but i did watch castlevania this week because it just came out on netflix and i liked it i didn't know what i would think going in but it's interesting like i didn't love it but i liked it you know one of those type of things so it's interesting. It has short episodes. They're like 20 to 30 minutes each. Um, it's a cartoon, which is the main reason I didn't know if I was going to like it or not. Um, it's kind yeah. of brutal and violent at times, and it has some like religious imagery because it's it's Castlevania. It's Dracula. It's like the church. It's not straight up Christianity, but it's they're kind right. of heavily implying, you know, um, but it had a short total runtime. There were only like five episodes. The whole thing took less time to watch than a movie. So I just binged it in one sitting. It was very easy to binge it. And they confirmed after the first day of viewing that they were going to renew it for a second season. So apparently enough people watched it that were getting season two. And that was after like one day. So that's awesome. Y'all y'all showed up. Yeah. People showed up. Um, And, you know, Castlevania, like, I've played most of the games. I don't know if I've ever beaten a Castlevania, but I remember it enough 
from all of my years of gaming that I was like, yeah, I should give it a shot. You never know if a gaming media thing is going to be absolutely horrible or okay or very, very rarely good um, outside of, you know, games themselves. So yeah, I liked it. I, I guess I wish there was a little bit more action in it and a little less talking and character development, but it could just be be the nature of it being the first season and setting up like the setting for lack of a better you know True. way to put that um so it had a little bit of a slower start but i liked it a lot by the end especially by the last episode i was like yeah okay i'm bought in and then it ended <laughs> so Aww. but it i don't know it it didn't end in a bad place it just ended and i was like yeah okay i'll watch it when it comes out again you know like I'm happy enough with that, but I think you would, I think you would like it. That's how I'm probably going to be with it. It's like, it's something I'm hesitant because it looks like anime. And so we'll see. I haven't even seen a trailer or a clip of okay. it. So it may not let have me, that anime feel that I don't second, like. Because I, you said that. And then I said, no, it's not anime. And then I stopped and I Googled what is anime because I don't actually know where that line is between cartoon and anime because I'm not a cartoon or an anime guy and I could not figure it out. Um, besides anime being considered like Japanese animation, there's no real definition of what's a cartoon and what's anime. And apparently in Japan, anything that is a cartoon is considered anime. So right. Disney cartoons or Disney movies that are animated that we would consider just like an animated Disney movie in Japan, they would call that a Disney a Disney anime. So there are weird lines there that blur, and I don't know what the line is because I'm not a big fan. Like I said, of you know, <laughs> right. like either one. Um, I so subjectively, right? Because I have no objective measure right. here. I didn't feel like it was anime. I, it just and, felt like an animated thing. And even if it is, there's a chance that I'll like this one because they're one of my favorite animes is called Berserk. And it is, and I loved Vampire Hunter D, but I haven't seen it in years. But I do like the fantasy style anime more and the kind of gothic anime. So like Berserk was. So I think I still might like this one, even if it is, you know, has that anime feel that Voltron did that I just couldn't push past. Yeah, it does not feel like... Like Voltron. It doesn't feel like any of the animes I've tried to watch. It just feels like an animated show, you know? Cool. Um, but it, it's definitely that like gothic fantasy setting, which is why I think you would like it. Like you should definitely try it and see what you think. Give it a couple episodes, or just you can binge the whole thing in one sitting. It's like yeah, you know, 120 minute runtime, maybe less than that for all the episodes together. Yeah, I mean, and that's perfectly fine. I thought about doing that. It's like if it's a movie, I can keep uh, a movie length, I can keep it up in the background while I'm you know doing something else and watch it rather than pay full attention to it. Yeah, and it definitely picks up as you go along, too. Like, the pace increases as you get towards the end of the season, so you could start with it in the background and then watch it more as you get into right. it, which would be fine. Yeah. yeah, I mean, besides that, I should give the comic box a shout-out because I know that if you guys want more Spider-Man content, they're doing a review episode this week. Rob is, and I don't know who his guest is, but I'm sure he's talking to somebody about Spider-Man. And then last week, they did, like, a Spider-Man preview before the movie. So if you want two spider-man episodes after watching spider-man homecoming go check out the comic box on the network because it's fantastic and, and i haven't seen it yet but i know that rob was doing a facebook live video uh for a review of spider-man homecoming on our facebook page yeah. on the geek to geek podcast network facebook page so you can go to facebook.com slash geek to geek cast and check that out and you know see him talking about uh spider-man yeah i think that's about it for the week Oh, no, wait. You had asked. You had asked me. 
did I play Final Fantasy twelve or am I intending to or what's the deal? Because it just yeah, came out. The, the new twelve came out like yesterday or today. Yeah, it it's just coming. I don't know. All the review embargoes are up. I'm not sure what the actual release date was. Um, it was probably today. Now that you're saying it out loud, that sounds yeah. Because it's right. Tuesday. I think it is. Yeah. Um. I I don't know. I might get around to playing it. The thing is. In my mind, I didn't play it that long ago because my Final Fantasy series playthrough lasted a really long time and it was part of that, even though I yeah. know that was like, it had to have been years ago now. Um, but I played it and I played a version that I liked because I had found a way to get it onto my computer in a good way right. without pirating. Like I just, I found a good emulator that ran it and upscaled it and removed a bunch of the limitations of the ps2 because that game was actually made at a higher res than the ps2 could ever display um there's a lot of weird things going on with that so if you have a copy of that and you want to play it still the old version um i think i well i know i know i have a blog post you'd have to google it because i don't remember what it's called but i'm sure if you google on agreenmushroom.com you could find the final fantasy 12 post where i lay out exactly what i did to configure it on my pc and i loved playing it that way it was fantastic the remaster looks good it's just that like if 12 is not one of my favorite ones in the series and if I'm going to replay Final Fantasy games, I have other ones that would jump up the list instead of this. Even though it's a remaster, even though there's cool new features, I just, I'm not psyched for it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I understand that. I I was talking to somebody, I can't remember who it was on Twitter, I'm sorry, who was telling me about your tutorial on setting it up for the emulator on the PC to use the PS2 version. And I do have the PS2 version, so I'm tempted to do that myself and just see, because my old uh, my old version on the PS2 does not look good on an HDTV. And I don't have a PS4, so I can't play the new version of it, so that's a good idea for people like me too. Okay, sweet. Yeah, go check it out. Um, I did find a good way. I just, I don't remember it, and it was weird steps, and uh, that's why I wrote it down, or I gave a link, or something. I, I recorded it so that I could refer other people to it in the future. And I put a link in there. Uh, there'll be a link in the notes to be able to uh, to check that out if you're interested. There you go. Perfect. Um, next week, we'll be back. We will be talking more Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy fourteen, and I'm super excited for that. But between now and then... Yeah. We're going to go play more of that game because it's really good, guys. Um, it's really good. If you have, actually, before we get into the normal outro, if you want to send questions about Final Fantasy XIV or our thoughts on it, or if you have like deep questions about the game or even surface-level questions because you've never played and you're thinking about getting into it, if you send those to us, we will answer them on the air if you get them to us by mm-hmm. next week, for sure. Um, but you can send those to geek2geekcast at gmail.com or our Twitter at geek2geekcast. And you can always find the longer discussion threads or you could just throw your questions on the discussion thread because I read all of them um, on the subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash geek to geekcast. And, you know, like we were talking about earlier, we're part of a podcast network. So if you're not listening to Geektitude and the comic box as well as us, you need to go to geek to geekcast.com and, you know, pick them up or go to facebook.com slash geek to geekcast and check them out there too. Yeah, and I blog at agreenmushroom.com. And hey, this week you have a reason to go there. If you want, True. yeah, we gave you a reason. Um, you can find me at GRN Mushroom. <laughs> That's Green Mushroom without the E's on Twitter. And I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beach. That's Beach with two E's. And I'm online at BJGeaton.com. We've been Void and Beach with your Geek Geek podcast. That'll do it this. Blah, 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 blah. That'll do it for this week. <laughs> Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. I'm leaving all that in. I'm not cutting that out. Yep, sure are.
Comics. Hey everyone, this is Rob, your friendly neighborhood comic geek. And this is Liam, the, the languishing, lascivious Liam of Langley. Wow, that was extremely illiterate of you. Well, I try. We are the hosts of The Comic Box, part of the geek to geek podcast network. So join us. Bop, bop. Oh, yeah.